and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Sherry Benelli. She's the owner of Early Bird Digital Marketing, writes on all things SEO for folks like Search Engine Land, Moz, Search Engine Journal, SEM Rush, Bright Local Score, and others. And so today we're going to talk about SEO, but specifically, uh, we're going to do a show on Google My Business. Uh, so Sherry, thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. I appreciate you having me. So here's the, many of my listeners are familiar with Google My Business. I talk about it all the time. It is, you know, it is mainly a local play because it's kind of starts from the the maps and like, I know you're in Kansas City, so I know what you're looking for uh, from Google's standpoint. But I, let me ask you one question that I get all the time. Is, is it, have any value for that national firm? Yeah. So as far as national brands go, if they have a local office, then right. they can certainly claim a Google My Business listing if they see clients at that local office. So in that regard, yes, they would get benefit from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm wondering if they don't have offices because I get this question all the time. You know, is there is it still value in in having that signal from Google that you know, even though your your customers are all over, you know, does it add anything to the mix of, you know, hundreds of signals? Yeah. So with regard to national brands, in a lot of cases, they'll get a brand knowledge panel automatically. Right. So if they're a national brand, like let's say Nike or McDonald's or even, you know, some other smaller brands, they'll get an automatic I, I knowledge panel. Is, you know, a giant national global brand. We have a knowledge panel. Yeah, yeah. So if they're if they're a big large brand, they typically right. can't claim a Google My Business listing anyway. Gotcha. Okay. So so then let's focus on who it's really for. Who is it meant for? Who who needs it? Yeah, so Google My Business is meant for local businesses that either have a, a specific storefront that customers come to, or if they're a service area business like a landscaper or a plumber where they actually physically go out to customers, then they would be considered a service area business. And so Google My Business is created for local businesses. So I, I think we're past the time. I mean, obviously, I used to go speak to groups eight, 10 years ago, and they're like, you know, half of them maybe had even claimed it or were on it. I think we're kind of past that. Everybody realizes, oh, yeah, this is something I need to have. How do I get the most out of it? I mean, obviously, there's only three. In most cases, there's only three listings that show up and maybe an ad. So, so how do I get in that three-pack? Yeah. So getting in the three pack is definitely the coveted spot. I mean, you can also get in the, in the local finder, which is when you click on more places. And that also is beneficial as well. But definitely the three pack is where you want to be. One of the best ways you can do that is by getting reviews. Reviews yep. will definitely help. So the more five star reviews you can get, the better. But also making sure that you're engaged and engaging with your customers by creating posts, by making sure your business information is updated, by uploading photos. Studies have shown that the more photos a business has, the more engagement they get. So that type of information is very beneficial. Google recently, because of COVID, has added attributes that businesses can add that will let customers know whether or not they are taking their employees' temperature, for instance, or whether or not they require masks. So making sure that they you know, businesses go in and check to see what attributes and features are available to their particular category. That's very important because the more you can update your listing with current information, Google sees that and they want businesses that are, are active and, and making sure that their business listing is current and updated. 
Yeah, and there are a lot of things that can happen in an interaction. I mean, a review and then obviously a response to review. There's questions and answers. You mentioned posts. Talk a little bit about, you know, I think when those first came out, it's it's like a lot of things. Well, Google's giving you another opportunity to produce content, you know, under their guise. Let's talk a little bit about how important you think posts are and, and maybe even explain what they are. Yeah, so post is essentially an opportunity for you to promote either a product or an event that you're having. And you it's almost like a social media post, but you don't want to treat it as such. You want to be sure that you are promoting something that is valuable to your customers. So it's not like you would want to share a link that would maybe take them off of your Google My Business listing. You'd want to share a link that would direct them to your website. That's the best Mm thing. And the thing about posts is they really don't help with rankings, but they can help with engagement. So people take a look at those posts. And we get really good response. For instance, one of my clients is a local self-storage facility their posts get engagement if they are offering specials. So let's say they're offering 15% off or $200 off rentals, for instance, those type of posts really get good engagement. And so I would recommend posting for, you know, any business to do it at least once a week, typically, or at least three times a week. The other interesting thing is Google is using posts and reviews to use their artificial intelligence to actually try and answer questions Mm -hmm. that people are asking. And that's kind of a unique twist. They're looking for keywords in posts and reviews to try and answer the Q and A's as part of Google, my business. So that's kind of an interesting twist as well. Well, yeah. And actually I've seen in, in some snippets, the the in search uh, results, things that they've taken out of posts, you know, directly. So they they may not be a ranking factor, although nobody knows, (laughs) But, but, but they certainly, have value. And, and, and I see a lot of people adding events in their posts, which I think is, you know, tends to, I I don't think it's the same as having schema, but I've seen events showing up. Exactly. And if you're a realtor, for instance, I mean, what a great way to promote an open house, for instance, you know what I mean? Right. Are you mentioned this already? And this is the uh, age old question I get all the time. Let's say I'm a, I don't know, a a plumber or a waterproofing company or something like that. I have a physical office, but I want to let everybody know I can travel 25 miles you know, to come work on you. So do I want a service area business or do I want that address? Right. So it depends a lot on whether or not you are a business that actually has a physical storefront and also goes out to customers. So right. if you are, you'd be considered a hybrid service area business. And if that's the case, you need to have a physical location with a physical address, have permanent signage, and you have to have employees at that location working during stated business hours. And then you can also add service area as well. So you can underneath your business name in your Google My Business dashboard, you can add up to 20 service areas as well. So that would be like what we call a hybrid service area business. So so the question I really have though is from an SEO standpoint or from your chance to show up in more map listings for say suburbs and things, is there a better approach? That would probably be the best approach. If you have a physical storefront, you tend to show up higher and rank better if you versus a, a strictly service area business where addresses aren't allowed to be shown. If right. you have a physical storefront, typically you show up higher in search results. Because you're going to get the proximity nod. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Having the address, right. Okay, let's talk about everybody's favorite part of Google My Business, and that's reviews. 
So what role do you, and again, there's no definitive answer to this, but uh, what role do you believe that uh, volume and flow of reviews you know, plays in you know, Google paying attention to a, a listing? Yeah, well, it's it's pretty well known that Google does pay attention to reviews. The one thing you want to you want to be careful of is you never want to pay for reviews or offer incentives for reviews because if you get reported, you can get those reviews taken down, and your competitors are watching, so they will report you. And um, that's something we see. I'm a Google My Business Gold product expert, and we see that all the time on the Help Forum where businesses are reporting their competitors, and yeah. so you never want to try and do do anything like that that might get you into trouble but with regard to ranking reviews definitely help you just want to make sure they're legitimate reviews from your customers and that they are reviews that actually talk about what you actually did you know what they actually did for you and make sure that they're legitimate and that they actually are reviews that you know it talk about what you actually did for that customer so definitely reviews are, are helpful when it comes to rankings how much review spam is is Google trying to fight? I I know that I, I know that I've had a handful of reviews that just never showed up from you know from totally legitimate customers who on their own sort of volition went there and left a review and then uh, they disappeared. Is that you know I, I'm assuming that's part of them you know somehow feeling that those weren't legit and removing them. Yeah, sometimes reviews get filtered either because perhaps they were using words that were considered offensive. And John, in some cases, like for instance, the word tool is considered offensive to Google. So if a review had the word tool in it, like John has a great tool that you should use, they may not have included that review because that word was used in the review. So there are a bunch of reasons why reviews may not be displayed. So they may not have been considered spammy. They may just have used the wrong word, for instance. And so there's a lot of reasons why reviews may not have shown. Or quite honestly, there was a period of time where there was just a bug in the system and yeah. Google wasn't displaying reviews. So a lot of times those type of fluky things do happen. So it may not be them cracking down on spam. It may just be a, a fluke in the system or perhaps they left the same review on multiple you know, review sites and Google caught onto that and that's why it wasn't displayed. But there's a ton of reasons why that may happen. So let's talk about negative reviews. Of course, you know, a lot of people, that's all they, they can get a hundred five-star reviews, but that one negative review, of course, you know, human will ruin your day. Yeah. Crazy. So what in, in your view, I mean, I have an opinion on this is the best way to respond to, well, I should ask, should you respond? And if so, what's the best way? Yeah, you should always try and respond to every review you get, even if it's a negative review. And the first thing I always tell people is like, don't respond in the heat of the moment, because yeah. most people are upset about negative reviews, whether they're warranted or not. Right. And so first of all, take a breath, kind of step mm -hmm. away, and then always respond positively. And the best thing you can do is ask that person to contact you directly and just say, we'd love to talk with you about this issue. We're really sorry that you had a problem please contact us directly so we can discuss. What that does, John, is it lets people know that are seeing that review, lets them know that you care about that customer's issue. And that gives a good signal to anybody that may see that negative review on your GMB listing.
I always tell people you're not really responding to the person who left a review. You're responding to the public. <laughs> Absolutely. Know, because your your response is a public response. And I, I think most people realize, in fact, I, th- I think pe- some people are suspicious if they see nothing but five-star reviews. I think most people realize you can't make everybody happy. And so I think it's, as long as you respond in a way that is uh, logical and makes sense, I think you can. people will forgive those those occasional bad reviews. Absolutely. I mean, nobody's perfect. And I know a lot of businesses really get hurt feelings when they get bad reviews, but all of us are, are, are fallible. And the thing I tell people too, is you can often learn from those bad reviews. So if a if an employee, for instance, made a mistake, that should be a teachable moment. For instance, you can use that to learn how to improve your business. All right. So let's talk about that review that was not an unhappy customer, but it was a one-star review from the second cousin of your wife's biggest competitor. (laughs) There you go. What do we do about those? You know, where it's clearly not an actual customer, it's a competitor or it's, you know, it's somebody that's just out to get you. I mean, how do we get Google to, to take a look at those? Yeah, unfortunately, John, it's really hard to get Google to remove reviews. The first thing you should do is log into your Google My Business dashboard, go to that review, and then flag it as inappropriate. But I will tell you that Google rarely gets involved with those types of disputes because they're not sure who's telling the truth and who's not. So unless they actually, unless that review actually violates Google's user content rules, they're probably not going to take that review down. Now, if it's something blatant, like we've seen reviews where a guy posted something about, hey, the owner had an affair with my wife. I mean, Ah. those types of things Google will take down, right? If it's something very obvious like that. But in most cases, Google won't remove a review unless it's obvious that they've violated those terms. So one time I had a, a client that got a, re- a negative review and they're like, we don't know who this is. And it was sort of nonsensical. You know, it was clearly like this is somebody who's just got too much time on their hand. But then, you know, you can look at the reviewer and other places they've reviewed and they left the same sort of nonsensical review on about 14 businesses in the same industry. And again, was clearly not a customer of any of them. And it took about three months, but but. Google finally said, yeah, this, these need to come down. So right. They, they yeah, so, yeah. So John, if you, if people see a pattern like that, the best thing they can do is go to the Google, my business help forum. And there are product experts like myself that can go in and if they see a, a distinct pattern like that mm-hmm. and they can show that and prove that what we can do often as product experts is help escalate that to Google's attention. We can't do that in all instances, but if there is a pattern like that and the user isn't able to get Google's attention, sometimes we're able to do that. So um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask about the help desk because another thing we run across all the time is, you know, somebody opened the Google My Business page, they or you know the the profile, then they left and they don't work there anymore, and the owner of the business has no idea, you know, how to get it back. And so we run across a lot of issues like that, or there's duplicate pages, uh, old address, you know, just all kinds of things that I'm sure you've seen it all. It, it, what's the best place that that people um, can go to to actually engage with a human being at Google? 
Right. The only way, so before COVID, there were several different ways. You could reach out to support Google My Business Support through Twitter, Facebook. They would call you, those types of things. Right now, the only way to really get help is go to support.google.com forward slash business forward slash get help. And then you'll fill out a form. And then there are different ways that Google will contact you that way. So that's the best way to reach Google My Business Support right now. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes uh, as well, in case you you didn't grab that. I've had uh, Mike Blumenthal a couple times. I'm sure you're you're familiar with Mike. I am. I'm familiar with Mike every week. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he, generally speaking, not that he has advanced knowledge necessarily, but sometimes sees features that are coming. And I wonder if you have any things that are coming down the pike, or at least you think are going to come down the pike from, from Google My Business. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the same boat Mike is in where as a product expert, I'm under, unfortunately, unfortunately for you under NDA. So can't talk about new features, but there are some that are coming down, but I can't discuss them, unfortunately, but there are improvements that Google's making all the time, new features that they're adding all the time. The thing that I can tell you, John, is people, if they're ignoring their Google My Business dashboard, they're missing out. What they need to do is log in frequently because there are new things popping up in your dashboard. So if you're not checking for them, you may be missing out on a new feature. So for instance, there was a new feature that launched and it was showing up in people's dashboards in certain industries. And if they saw that, they could take advantage of that program. The people that didn't log in and see that notice, they didn't take advantage of that beta program. So do log into your Google My Business dashboard frequently so that you can see these things as these new um, enhancements and new features. Definitely log in frequently. You know, my favorite is the insights. I think a lot of people miss the boat on, on you know, not getting that, that kind of data. And it's basically analytics for your Google My Business page, because I think there's, you know, you see where, where requests come from. You see what's zip codes, you see, you know, who's asking for deriving directions. You see, you know, what time of, what time of day you should have more people or what days of the week you should have more people, you know, staffing the phones, you know. Absolutely. And they've, they've made great strides in that. And, you know, I, I would imagine that they're going to continue to improve those types of things because insights are really important for businesses. They need to know where these people are coming from, what they're looking for, how they're searching, how they're finding them. So Google's made a lot of strides when it comes to those types of insights and analytics. So yeah, I, I agree with you. They definitely made improvements. So Sherry, tell people where they can find out more about uh, your work at uh, Early Bird Digital or anywhere else you want to send folks. Yeah, definitely. You can check my website at earlybirddigitalmarketing.com or you can find me at on Twitter at Sherry Benelli. Awesome. Well, Sherry, it was great uh, catching up with you and uh, hopefully we'll uh, run into you uh, someday when we're all back out there on the road again. Nice chatting with you, John. Thanks for having me.